Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Three Things Podcast. I'm super excited for this episode. It was filmed a little bit ago during our gym's closures. Since then, we've reopened. But I have Shannon Bouvier, our licensed athletic trainer and one of our performance coaches at our Parisi Speed School, on for this week. Shannon is an outstanding individual, super high energy, super passionate about what she does. I think you'll be able to tell that in our conversation. Um, And as you guys know, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know my favorite interviews are with people that I know and I know how to ask really good questions for them and we just have a really good conversation. So I'm really excited for you to hear this podcast with Shannon Bouvier on the other side of the Welcome back. If you've been listening to this, the pod, the quarantine editions, we have a first time guest. I don't even know if she's a long time listener. Uh, first time, first time guest willing to come on the pod, Shannon Bouvier, the one and only. We'll get into the variations of her name later on and see just what actually wins. Uh, Shannon Bouvier, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, living the quarantine dream. <laughs> How many times have you said the quarantine dream in the last eight weeks? Honestly, quite a few times. Quite a few times. It was more of a quarantine dream right when quarantine started, and now it's not so much of a dream. Right? Like the first seven days were so much fun. I think I had I I think I averaged three beers a day. I would have my first (laughs) beer somewhere before noon. It was definitely before lunch. Um, and now that we're like eight, nine weeks in, it's like, what? Yeah, Wait. no, it's like, it's like, I don't have a routine anymore. It's very confusing. I've just gotten really good at push-ups. Um, oh. Like exceptional at push-ups now. That's yeah. talent you have now. I, yeah, it's the, one of the few things you can do when you watch a toddler is you can just like get down and just start banging out push-ups and she'll just stare at you or she'll try to climb on you and add a little bit of like 30 pound, <laughs> like a 30 pound weight vest. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's one way to get fit during quarantine. Use your toddler. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Three Things Podcast. I don't know if you've ever listened to an episode, which is hurtful if you haven't, but maybe you I listen have. to your own. Are you going to listen to your own pod? Are you going to listen to this one? Definitely going to be listening to this. I, full disclosure, I've only listened to like three of, uh, there's been 69 episodes published. Um, just a shameless way to say 69 to date. But I think I've only listened back to three of them, which... Yeah. Well, I mean, you're partaking in it. So I know, I know. Some of them, though, like there's certain people, and I, I'll, I'll, he's his next pod is coming up. But I know um, Eric Mitchell. I think he's number like 72. He's coming up soon. He okay. like certain people are just really good speakers. I don't want to say this before yours, but certain people are very good speakers. And I'm like, no, wow, like I need to like listen to that person talk again. Yeah, that's fair. Regardless of content, like people who are just really good presenters typically do really well when they when they talk. So. Yeah, um, that's not me. It's a Friday afternoon. The beers are pouring on both sides of the screen. Um, <laughs> but Shan, let's start with this. Let's give everyone a quick background as to who you are, what you do, where you do it, how you got there. Just give us the, the background story right now. Cool. Okay. So I got to Vermont. I'm originally from Connecticut, grew up there, born and raised. I got to Vermont um, by getting into the athletic training program at UVM. Um, studied that for four years before... I graduated 
in August of 2017, I get a text from Casey Lee asking me to come in for an interview at the Breezy Speed School. Um, and I was so excited to finally have a job or a job offer post-grad. Um, shout out Paul Valgoy for getting me that. Hopefully, Paul, if you listen to this podcast, um, you do not have an open invitation to join, but maybe we can talk about it. Maybe I'm a little bitter. Maybe I'm a little bitter. Come in and say hi sometime, Paul. Um, if we, when we reopen. But yeah, so got that job and I've been working there ever since. Started off as the, as a strength coach, kind of worked uh, up into operations manager, working under you a little bit more closely and kind of understanding the business of it a little bit more. And then uh, this past year, I was finally able to work as an athletic trainer for the Winooski High School. And I've been the Noosk. Shout out to the Noosk. Yeah. So that's kind of what's my, what my life has been about the last couple of years. Nice. And, yeah. Nice. Well, I obviously know that, but I like people to, to get a gist yeah. of, of who we're talking to here. Uh, so what I really like, and Shannon, the reason I wanted you to come on this pod is, like, and I openly say this to people, specifically you. Dan Ellis, people like on the rehab side of, of the performance spectrum that we work on. I, I know nothing about what you do. Like yeah. I try to know nothing. I think that one of the, the fun things about what we do in fitness, sports performance, wellness, whatever realm you want to say we work in is that it, it's so broad that it's, it's a lot of fun. If you, if you have, if you can, kind of step back and say like, I know nothing about this. I'm going to find someone who does. And then we're just going to roll with that. And that's kind of um, like, if we were to do like a separate business hiring podcast, it's kind of like how we figured Shan, it would be a great fit for what we were doing is we needed an athletic trainer to help us work with athletes, help us start to kind of tie in with physical therapy, which we had um, to date. Dan Ellis has not done a podcast with the three things. Um, oh. It's very hurtful, but he has an open invitation. Unlike Paul Valgo to join. <laughs> um, but that's kind of like how Shan came about. And yeah. obviously it's been magic ever since. And we're going to dive into the three things. Are you physically and emotionally ready for the next task at hand? Yeah, I'm so ready for it. Hit me with it, Oprah. All right. I'm a white drunk Oprah right now. Um, but for those that are tuning in, the three things podcast has to do with the three things that I have written down, typed up, not really written, typed up on my phone. Um, it's three things that Shannon doesn't know. So I have three candid questions. Um, as usual, I don't tell people what these are beforehand because I like the conversation to be free flowing. I hate when people are on podcasts, doing interviews, putting out video, whatever content, and they're like on a specific side of the fence. I hate that. And I try to eliminate that. So that's why everything is super candid. And then we'll finish with the party in the back uh, with the speed round because the speed round yeah. is the sole purpose that we do this podcast. Um, shout out to the future speed round only podcast episode that I'll be doing. So <laughs> Shan, the first thing here it is ready. If you had to break down coaching, the term coaching, the act of coaching, what does it consist of to you? Um, that's a great question. I listen, hard hitting. They don't, yeah. don't, this don't tempt expectations though, because they're just going to go downhill from here. So there's, to me, there's a lot of different parts of coaching. Um, and the more that I've been doing it, the more that you see the different aspects of it. Um, coaching the little ones all the way from the three-year-olds to the collegiate level. There's lots of different types of coaching that you do along the way there as well. Um, but specifically in the Parisi coaching that we've been doing, there's a lot of leadership, a lot of listening, and a lot of patience that you need when you're coaching, especially high school athletes, because you get a lot of the moody ones 
you get a lot of the ones that like don't want to be there they're just there because their parents are making them but then you also have the athletes that are getting ready to get drafted or not drafted but looked at by colleges and things like that so when you're working with such a wide range of athletic ability there's a lot of different components that you need to kind of focus on and dial in and a lot of it has to do with just getting to know your athletes and being able to relate to them on a level that they understand um, give them the cues that you know will work for them and kind of working through their goals with them um, what percentage would you align with those if you was it listening listening leadership and patience yeah I'm glad you remembered those three. What, like, what percentage would you assign? And maybe it doesn't have to equal 100% because I'm sure there's a bunch of other little things that probably come up, but like, yeah. what would you say, like power rank those for me? I would say listening is probably like 50% of it. Because a lot of that, especially when we're doing the initial consultations and things like that, it's listening to what their story is, listening to what their goals are and really fully getting an understand, understanding for what they want and what they want to get out of the programs. I think that has a huge part of it. And then I would split 25% on the other two pretty evenly because you've got to have to have that leadership to you know, keep the classes together when the kids start acting crazy, which they do, and be able to lead them through the rest of the class, but then have the patience when the kids are just kind of going nuts and they just you can tell they just need a second to go nuts before they dial back in. So... I would say 50% listening, 25% patience, 25% leadership. I like that. I like that. I've never asked you this. But I'm going to ask you now. I figure this is a good time so we can record it for like 72 people to hear. Um, <laughs> what was your first coaching moment for you? My, ooh. You know what I mean? Like the moment where you were like doing, because it takes a while. I feel like when people jump into what we do, working with a younger population and it, for everyone, it's always a different thing. What, yeah. maybe not who, if you want to say who is totally fine, but like, what was that first moment when you're like, oh shit, I'm a coach? Oh, there's been like a couple that are coming to mind. Um, but just kind of like broad, <clears throat> like the broad spectrum of it. Like when the 13 year olds come in and they want to tell me all their gossip immediately when they come through the door, I know that I've made that connection with them and they take me seriously and want to have that relationship with me but I'd say the first coaching moment I had a he was 35 years old he was a nurse he came to me very sick he had just gotten over the flu he was really discouraged with his body weight and things like that and sat there for the he was my first consultation my first adult client I know you know who I'm talking about I do yeah um, I remember sitting down with him. I was so nervous going into the consultation for the first time. I was like, I don't know how to talk to adults. I've only done kids and like college athletes. I don't know how this is going to go, especially being a female and working with a male adult. I don't know what that dynamic is going to be. Um, so I went in super nervous. He kind of just like word vomited his whole history onto me, listened, got him through it. He got healthy again, got over the flu. And it was like every week he would come in with a new accomplishment. He was like, I was able to lift this person at work all by myself. Now people are asking me for help. Like just seeing his mood change and his overall demeanor change and like, just seem like a happier person. I was, it felt really good. And that's when I was like, I'm a coach. That's I awesome. Him get yeah. That's so awesome. That Everyone always has that. I think what's really interesting, like, and we'll get into like athletic training and the educational background, that's the next thing, a little precursor there. 
But a lot of times, I came from a business background, undergraduate in business, um, had done some personal training, but a lot of it was like one-on-one, not a lot of team work, small group stuff. And it's a shift. Like, it's a change. You're like, am I going to be able to do this? And then you have that first coaching moment and you're like, whoa, I can do this. This is awesome. I like the way this makes me feel because that person is feeling that way. Um, that's cool. I'm glad that you had that. Um, and yeah. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this pod right now can kind of resonate. In, and I think especially right now when it's pretty shitty and we're, we're filming this in May, early May, um, it probably hopefully comes out in May, but maybe not, maybe June. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a rough time. It's a rough time right now. Yeah, I'd say so. So having that little bit of optimism, remembering why you do it, I think is super important. I agree. Okay. Thing two. All right. Hit me with I it. feel like I should make shirts that say, I'm, there's our, Dr. Seuss already beat me to the thing one, thing two thing. Ugh. Yeah, but thing three. So it could be you and Jen and Sawyer. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Uh, so I like hindsight questions. I ask a lot of hindsight questions because I think it offers perspective. And that's one of the most valuable things when you listen to someone talk, um, or you're talking to someone like a lot of times it's, it's about getting their perspective on different things, knowing what you know now about what you do and and all the things that have come with that. How would you look at your undergraduate athletic training course load courses, actions? What would you do differently? Or what would you look at differently knowing what you do now? right? Like it's kind of like putting the cart before the, or the horse before the cart being like, okay, I know I'm going to do this. I'm going to need this. So now I'm going to go look that back and look at this. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it has to do like, especially if we're talking specifically coursework, especially like my senior year, I wish I took the strength and conditioning course a little bit more seriously, but I was kind of just taking it as a class filler. Um, Cause that would have been a lot more helpful when I'm being put into a situation where I am a strength coach with no like true strength, like uh, education, basically. I know how to correct form. That's part of my job, especially in the rehab department when I'm coaching them through exercises. Um, but things like that. And then I wish I was a little bit better at understanding the world when I first came out of undergrad. I mean, I th- feel like anybody out of undergrad kind of has that sense of I've been in school for the last however many years and now I have to figure this out on my own um it was a little bit intimidating trying to get that going especially when I didn't have a job that summer until the end of it so I kind of wish I was a little bit more proactive of figuring that out and making a plan sooner than when it kind of fell into my lap I wish I was able to develop that plan early on so that I was set going into the real world a little bit more Real world, big Real. quotes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting when we talk to, like, we'll have another intern this fall. Um, I just interviewed her the other day. She's very oh. nice. Uh, she, but but hey. these different institutions and, and academic backgrounds, when we talk about the theory and ed- undergrad and education, and then we go into the actual practicality of the quote-unquote real world that we work in, yeah. it, there's so many, like, oh shit moments. Oh, I wish I had worked more on this. I wish I understood more on that, but obviously you'll never know because you never know what's coming, but it's just interesting because you went through and UVM is a very clinical based program uh, for athletic training, physical therapy. Obviously it's a big medical school as well, uh, which makes sense. And that's exactly what it is. But then you get into a, a career path that's extremely practical, hands-on theory almost gets 
pushed out the window to an extent when you work with younger populations or just a variety of populations. Like you have to respect the theory, but also understand uh, the practicality of the person you're working with. So it's always interesting asking that question to people. Um, right. When you say like have a plan going into the, to like the real world, what, like, what do you mean by that? What specifically from undergrad right. to career would you have done differently or would you wish you had? I, so my situation was a little bit unique in the sense that I was technically uh, a year older than my cohort for athletic training. So when I graduated, I was able to walk in May, but I still had to finish my clinical that summer. Um, but past that, there was really not much of a plan that I had. So I was kind of like, all right, we just got to get through this clinical. And it was, a, it was a hard summer because I was at a physical therapy clinic for eight hours basically just working for free before I had to go work at a restaurant that's no longer in business and kind of work my way through that. Um, so I wish I just had more of like an end goal at the end of my clinical rotation where sure. it's like, all right, now it's time to study for the boards and we'll see what happens after that. There was no definite plan. There was no, this is what I'm aspiring to do right now. I have this degree. What can I do to go out and pursue it and figure out how to make it work in the real world. What would you tell an athletic training student right now? And I don't care what year it is. If it's someone going into their freshman year, junior, senior, like you can pick the year. What would you tell them right now? I would tell them right now to really analyze what setting they enjoyed the most throughout their clinical experience. What they enjoyed, what kind of clients they enjoyed working with. Like I know when I was working in the physical therapy department, I didn't like the geriatric population, um, working with them specifically. So I knew that I didn't want to be in a clinical setting. I knew that I wanted to either be with a sports team, with a high school or working with the younger population with kids, which is why I enjoy what I do so much. Um, so just kind of analyzing that, really seeing what you find the most joy doing within your experience in clinical and figuring out a way to implement that into your real life. It's crazy how obvious that sounds yeah. from like the outside or like looking back, but, but how I, in the moment it's probably not even relevant on your brain at all. Because for the most part, especially when you're in the clinical rotations, you're just so focused on doing everything right and doing it the way it's supposed to be done and making sure that you're getting all of your hours in and doing all your check sheets that you forget that like, oh no, this is actually awesome. You do have those like coaching moments, so to speak, where you're like, oh, I fixed that person's leg. Now they're able to keep playing and they're so appreciative of me for that. And those little moments that are super rewarding. So hold on to those, figure out which ones you liked the best, take that information and develop a plan sooner than later, especially because the athletic training major in general is kind of depleting in, a, in America. It's going into more of a doctorate degree. So hmm act on that as soon as you can. Interesting. And I feel like if, if you look at like the business opportunities and insurance coverage and, and depending on what state you are an athletic training, uh, even like massage therapist type licensure route, those can be extremely lucrative. So depending on what state you're in, it's funny that you say that it's like declining cause it is, and they're making it more of a robust educational background, almost as a segue. So you'll hopefully eventually be athletic training and physical therapy. Yeah. But, cause they, had the doctorate of physical therapy at UVM and they just dissolved the athletic training program. And I think a lot of that has to do with just a lot of state regulations, which is also frustrating because they did just pass a law here in Vermont saying that an athletic trainer can open a clinic 
without having a doctor of physical therapy present, which you need, used to have to need to have a hmm. doctor there. Um, and now they're just done with the major. So it's like we made all these big steps and now yeah, don't have anybody to work through that. So it's, it's a very, on top of the interesting time that we're going through as a, so, like as a community and socially right now, on top of it, it's like, where is this program going? Where is this career going? And especially for my friends that are graduating this year, it's like, what kind of opportunities are they going to be able to have? So it's very interesting. It's a great time to look at a master's program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I graduated in, from college in 2011, and that was just like just post-2008 recession. Like we're right in the thick of it still. And I remember seriously looking at graduate school because jobs were – it was tough. It was a tough job market at the time. And I would imagine that it's probably extremely difficult right now as well. It is, especially that sports are not – Happening. Yeah. They're not yeah. happening. And that was always one thing that I always thought. I was like, <clears throat> well, I have this medical degree. There's always going to be sports. People are always going to be getting hurt. I'm always going to have a job until all of a sudden sports are not an essential business. <laughs> <laughs> then that makes my business not essential. Right. Or when you look at like what it takes to be an athletic trainer at a professional level or even a collegiate level, it's, it's more education. It's, it's crazy. More. They're basically doctors of physical therapies that have their athletic training licensure so they can kind of like play other, both. Yeah. Right crazy here's my last question for you the last the last of the things what? can you teach energy can you teach um huh that's a really good question so i think like kind of yes and no i think you can lead by example with your energy and get to a point that your energy can rub off on your athletes if you presented in such a way that seems appealing to them. I think you can um, kind of guide them to have energy, but sometimes if your client comes in and they didn't sleep well the night before, they didn't get their cup of coffee, they're not gonna be there with a lot of energy and your energy could be overbearing to them to an extent. So I think, can you teach energy? I think you can, like guide and assist them to acquire energy. I don't think it's something that you can teach. I think that has to come from within and kind of from your own perspective. I like that answer. We're going to leave it at that. I just okay. figured you're one of the most energetic people. Yeah. I almost just said one of the most energetic. I'll say it. You're one of the most energetic motherfuckers I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to censor myself on this podcast. I'm sorry, Shannon's mom, if you're listening to this. Also, maybe I'll, maybe my mom, if you're listening to this, we said it. We motherfucked on this podcast. I didn't say it, mom. He said it. I said it. Uh, but you're one of the most energetic people I've, I've met, you know, and, and yeah. your energy, you're definitely one of the people, I think a lot of our athletes would say like, your energy dictates the energy of the room <laughs> and then followed by my energy dictates the energy of the room. Yeah. Uh, so I've always, I've always found it very interesting and, and obviously people are introverts whether it's people we work with that are introverts, yeah. people we coach that are introverts. I think you described it really well by saying you can help kind of guide people into a more energetic vibe. And I think the type of energy that you show, and especially if you're the coach that you know the athletes look up to, which, you know, I have the young, my little Shan squad that definitely loves to come in and tell me what boy they have a crush on that week. Um, 
they are definitely going to be a little bit more dialed into what your vibe is. And that's something that I've definitely learned. And I didn't always think that my energy was so contagious um, until, you know, the kids are really giving me like a personality profile almost. And they're like, this is how you are. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but to know, I'm glad you see it like that. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> Because kids are also brutally honest. They, the most honest people you ever work with. They will <laughs> let you know. They Especially will let you know. They oh, love to brutal. tell you what's wrong. Brutal. Yeah. So that's the three things. How'd it go? Like, it wasn't that bad. Oh, no, it wasn't that no, bad. No, it's, it's good. Stuff. I'll say this. There's people that have declined invitations to this podcast because I refuse to tell people the three things. What? No. I know. Yeah, for real. Do I get a sticker? Uh, you will get a sticker. I, I found them there in Jen's yes. office, which was formerly my office, but now my office, as you can see, I pulled the audio. So this is bad podcasting, but I'm in my garage gym, also <laughs> yep. converted corner into a home office. Um, the sheetrocked painted like <laughs> mudded walls around me. It's great racing stripes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I found the stickers. You will get a sticker. Um, just text me your address after this in the hood and I'll get it into the mail. <laughs> got you. I got you or the one that I'm living in now? Uh, you tell me where you, I'll send it to mom. I don't care. Just let me know where you want to send it. Uh, <laughs> so now for those listening, this is the speed round. If you want intellectual information, you've already heard it. If you want to hear shenanigans, if you want to hear degenerateness, please keep listening. The speed round is the only reason I do these podcasts now. Um, so we're going to kick it off. Shan, the speed round can be as long or as short answers as you'd like. Okay. Ready? I'm so ready. So my favorite question, I'm a firm believer. You can tell a lot about a person by the way they answer this question. Okay. Power rank your top three Halloween candies. Oh, perfect. I just listened to another Halloween podcast of yours. So power rank Halloween candy. Anything King says is going to be number one, but if we're going specifics, I'm a huge fan of There's a lot of thought going into this. It's like a lot of thought. Okay. I would say Milky Way is number one. Ooh. I would hit Twix is number two. Are you a right or a left? Kit Kat? No. Oh, is that a Kit Kat thing or is that a Twix thing? Yeah. No, Twix is like the... Just the I'm going to stop then. I thought it was a right or left. I guess it's Kit Kat. Okay, I know nothing. Right. Continue on. Number three. Break me up, piece of that Kit Kat ball. You know what? This is going to cause a lot of controversy, but I do love these Almond Joys. That's going to be my number two. What about Mounds? Where do you stand with Mounds? Mounds, honestly, is going to be right next to Almond Joys. I like Almond Joys better, not because of the almond, but because of the milk chocolate. I don't like dark chocolate as much as I like milk Ooh, chocolate. Interesting. That's the controversy. Uh, I like, I too like Almond Joys. Yeah. I, I'm an equal opportunity. So I go right to chocolate. Um, I forget who it was that was like, like Skittles. And I was like, whoa, like candy, like candy, candy. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was very bizarre, but I'm all in chocolate, anything chocolate. Like I just had a Mr. Good bar a couple weeks ago. Ooh, I haven't it was good. Before. Yeah, it was good. It was, I was like, whoa, retro 1997. Here we come. Yeah. Mr. Good bar. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Uh, hit me with your top three Ben and Jerry's flavors. Transplant Vermonter. Half baked. Delicious. Um, fish food. Delicious. And those are my top two, by the way. You know, I'm gonna. I used to hate this one, but I really love it now. Cherry Garcia. 
Wow, that's Jen's favorite. I know. Wow. Maybe we I, are siblings after all. It's Cherry Garcia. And you were like, that's Jen's favorite. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll give it another. It's one. pretty good. Like, it's not bad. It like has all of the basics. Like when you want a Sunday, you put cherry on top. It's yeah, good. it's, I mean, it's good. But I just feel like, and there isn't really a good cherry ice cream that's not Ben and Jerry's that you can buy. So it's kind of unique in that way. But uh, I'm all in half-baked and fish food. It just depends on my mood at the time. I'm yeah. not a huge fan of like throwing peanut butter in my ice cream. I love peanut butter and everything. Yeah. I'm it's like, the best. I'm unique. Are you a uh, like creamy or soft serve? Cre um, well, okay. So yeah, see you're from Connecticut, but you know, you, you've, you've been in Vermont long enough where you can kind of say you're a transplant Vermonter, but yeah. this is going to answer the question real quick. So I would say if it's maple flavored, it's a creamy to me. Whoa. If it's anything else, it's soft serve. Oh, because maple's unique to Vermont. Respectable yeah. answer. Yeah. It's still creamy, but that is a very out-of-state, respectable answer. Thank you. It's one of the best I've heard. For most people, have just they're hard lines. So they're like, no, I'm, it's soft serve, regardless. But maple creamies, I, and it's very unique to Vermont. And ice cream types for a long mm -hmm. time. I was like, oh, no, this is a creamy. This is a soft serve. They're literally just, like served you the same way, but... When you first came to UVM and you're like at orientation or whatever, and someone said creamy, what did you think? Um, I like don't remember that. It's a huge culture shock. The first time you hear someone say it. I was also lucky in the sense that I, my roommate freshman year was a local Vermonter. So she kind of like showed me the ropes of how to like do it in Vermont and showed me the fun places that Vermont has to offer. So I think we probably took a creamy trip soon on and I just, thought it was I didn't really think much of it I didn't really think twice about it it's like oh okay here's another creamy I went to school in New York and I would say creamy and people would look at me like I was like see, like mind, I was gonna go shoot a porn movie or something yeah. <laughs> they did they did it's like funny like when I'm in Vermont it's a creamy but when I'm in any other state it's soft serve it's yeah. like what that switches when I go back home oh it's, it's transplant Vermonter yeah Sure am. Seven this years. is the most important question I'm going to ask you. It's another power ranking. Okay. I'm going to give you a list of five. You can power rank them however you'd like. You don't have to go five deep if you don't want to, but okay. you need to power rank in order of most important to least important. Spewdies, Ales, RJs, Hatties, and Aches. Hatties is most important. Well, here's what I want you to do because – well, give me your young yeah. Shan and then give me current Shan. Okay, that's because young Shan would not put Hattie's number one. So young Shan would have said Spewdy's most important. <laughs> Second most important would have been hands down ales. Third most important would have been. This is the money question right here for young Shan. What was it? Was Aches? Aches, Hattie's, R and RJ's. Okay. Hattie's would have been last. I didn't really go to Hattie's much in my undergrad, and I would say RJ's would have been fourth important, fourth most important. So if I was talking to, like, junior year of college, Shan, it would have been most important, Spewdies, Ales, um, Aches, RJ's, Hattie's. Did I forget one? No. Because there's a couple others, but I figure those are the big five. And would have thrown in Zen Lounge, but Zen Lounge was R.I.P. Zen. Because yeah, Zen was also letting people in under eight or under twenty-one go in, so that's why it was like important to go. What about now? Give me your modern day. 
Modern day, I would say Hatties, Aches. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> and add to it, add to it now. If it's if there's if modern day Shannon, if I miss one, I would say Ales on a Wednesday because no one's there and they have karaoke and they <laughs> and RJ's on Sundays because they also have karaoke, and then. Beauties. Only if it's STS though. STS is scary. It's real spooky. So that question only applies to people who know the Burlington downtown area. Yes. That is probably the five most attended. I agree. Like college bars. Ake's place isn't really a college bar, but it's it's a total mid twenties to fifty five. Like you'll see anyone in there from twenty five to fifty five on any given. They day. serve all their drinks in plastic cups because the kids keep throwing them everywhere. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. But that's uh it's always a good question to ask people who are familiar with the Burlington area, especially if you went to UVM. It's a fun question to ask. That was interesting. That was a blast. But, yeah well here's another good one. Would you rather run a full marathon again? I know you've done it twice. So would you rather do it again or play three hours of continuous dodgeball when you can only go, uh, you can't go any further than five feet back from the line. Who am I playing against? I don't care. You tell me. You're five feet back from the line though. You can only go line to five feet back. So you have to be right at the line the entire time for three continuous hours. And yes, you have to wear glasses. I would do that. Oh, I have to wear my glasses? You have to wear glasses. I wear like my ski goggles over them? We, if you want to wear goggles over them, you are actually, the only substitute would be rec specs. So which I will potentially pay for rec specs if you can play dodgeball again with those. That's hilarious. You look like but Horace Grant. No, we, we, play, we play dodgeball every Thursday at Parisi and we would do coaches against kids. And one kid threw a dodgeball so hard at my face that it snapped my glasses in half. Um, so I have a little bit of like PTSD when it comes to dodgeball, especially that close. By That's why the question is amazing. Also so running a marathon a just sucks. And it's honestly, I would probably want to do dodgeball because running a marathon would take four hours <laughs> and it hurt really bad last time I did it. Well, face shots. So, you, how many face shots would you get in three hours? That's the question. I'm going to be so good at dodging. I'm going to catch. That's my Not idea. if you're five feet from the line. See, you, you're right on the line, though. Do I have anyone on my team? Oh, uh, yeah. It's just, but, like, yeah, if it like, was just three hours of continuous dodgeball, but you can only be within five feet of the line. I'm not playing against, like, Russ Willoughby and Jacob Bose and Jackson. Maybe. I don't know. We don't know the other team. Like, you know, like, maybe we'll throw Jambro on the other side, and you've got to worry about no! someone dialing up. The dude can touch 90 on the gun, okay? you got to no, worry about that. Oh my God. No, no. Jamber always plays on our team. Maybe, maybe not in this case. It's my, my, my podcast. I can do whatever I want. Uh, uh, we have the first ever celebrity uh, guest question. Are you ready for it? Ready. Jen wants to know what your favorite nail polish color was from your last Olive and June box order. I haven't gotten it yet, but I want to say it's going to be, what colors did I get? I got like. Jen literally pulled up. I think you ordered the everyday box. I, yeah, no, the everything box. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, no, I was so excited about it. I had to send her a snap about it. Right First now. ever celebrity question. Um, I would say that I think it's going to be KMC because it's like a light green and I'm really into like a light green right now. 
So ladies, listen to the podcast, all of in June, big time nail polish. Uh, it's my wife's favorite. Shan has helped me purchase uh, nail polish colors for my wife for Christmas or various holidays. So shout out all of in June. Check it out. Fellas, if you listen to this, need a birthday gift idea, all of in June nail polish, pretty solid, um, especially now when you can't necessarily go and get your nails done. So okay. all of in June, if you want to throw some cash at the pod and get some advertisement space, let me know. Uh, we're open to it. So that's where we're at. Uh, actually, Sneaky, this pod probably would be a good one for a very, uh, like to target men that struggle with buying things for their significant other because yeah, I'm full of gifts. That's like every, every male in the fitness industry. Well, I mean, I always go free to you and I, I'm like, what do I get my older brother for his birthday? Yeah. You got him, told me the ABC pants. It's been his favorite. They're favorite. the best. They're the best. Uh, okay. So now, uh, we're going to go, I have one last question. Then we're going to go into another sub genre of the speed round. And we're going to go, who's more elite, which is going to be. Oh, okay. But, um, would you rather go to a concert of one artist or a festival of multiple artists? A concert of one artist. Mm, Over the festival scene already, huh? Yeah. You're getting old. You're getting old. I mean, the, the outfits are really fun to plan for festivals. <laughs> but when you go to festivals, you're with a group of people. One person wants to be at one stage. The other person wants to be at the other stage. And it never is fun. Yeah. I, hey, been there. Done, done both. Uh, I, too, would choose concert. Yeah. Uh, and you're also going to see the people you want to see. I think, and I've been watching a lot of these, uh, like, Insomniac having to cancel EDC Vegas. Very sad. Tomorrow, by the way, live live Griffin, the shrine, um, yep. check out my boy Griffin on YouTube. He's got a whole bunch of great stuff, but, uh, like the idea of going to a festival now, they glorify it way too much on live streams. I can't do it. I want to just go to the concert. I want to see who I want to see and we're going to ball out just seeing the people I want to see now instead of getting stuck at some random stage. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's fun know. when you're young. It's not fun when you're old. It's like not even that fun when you're young. And I know for, uh, it's pretty fun. No, it's pretty fun. <laughs> But when you're hot and dehydrated and just covered in glitter. It's still fun. No, it's still fun. And, you're, and when, when you're at the festival, it's hot. You have sunscreen, so you're making a bunch of friends. And you're dressed as one of the colors of the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, there's pictures. Yeah, there's pictures. That's amazing. Yeah, I was the red Kool-Aid man. And I had a big bottle of sunscreen because your boy is very pale. So I was making all sorts of friends. Yeah, and it was hot. Okay, anyway. Anyways. So who's more elite, Shannon? Post okay. Malone or Dua Lipa? Why yeah, do yeah. I know all the hard. This is why the speed round is so good. Oh my God. I like literally hate you for this. Question. I left Dave Matthews out of this question because Post Malone or Dua Lipa, who's more elite? I, oh my God. Shoot. Did you know Dua Lipa blocked Friday beers on Instagram? Oh yeah saw that so then i unfollowed friday beers not gonna lie <laughs> i was like no one disrespects my girl like that maybe that answers your question yeah but like i would have done the same if they made fun of post alone <laughs> so it's like it's really impossible. you can't have a tie you have to pick who is more elite well because i've been a fan of him longer than i've been a fan of dua lipa okay yeah okay I'll just leave it at that. okay all right yeah. uh who's more elite joe or kyle <laughs> Joe. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Get bent, Kyle. Wow. Tea time Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, quarantine Joe is pretty elite. Um, what is more elite? 
powder days. Okay. okay. Or a, like a really long ski season that stretches like Halloween to Easter. Like, would you rather have more powder days? Like, would you go high quality or would you rather be like, wow, I'm going to have a ski season that's like over five months long? Um, I would probably want to go powder days. Oof. Yeah, because a lot of the days that you go to the mountain and they stink, like it's like either it's all ice or there's like you have to dodge rocks because there's no snow. It's like not fun. You get like there's too much thinking involved. You can't really enjoy it for what it's supposed to be. And especially after this season, we had a short season with terrible. Um, well, who is that? Sorry, someone just pulled into my driveway with terrible snow. I would much rather have had this season be a good season of fresh pal nonstop than have it get cut short the way it did. What's the best ski mountain you've ever been on? That well, so I mean, it kind of depends of like what your vibe is. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't ski or snowboard. So for context, people listen to this. I know nothing about this stuff. I, and like things are changing a lot more now because all the mountains that I really have skied on are all in the Epic Pass and Vail is kind of switching things up. So it's all a little bit different, but I grew up on Okemo. So that will always feel like home to me, but it's a lot more of like a family mountain. So sometimes you get yelled at for going fast because there's an eight-year-old next to you that like is scared. So that's kind of a bummer. And then at Stowe, I don't know the mountain as well as I do Okemo, but everybody there shreds. So it's kind of fun in that sense. And then you'll mm. find that one person that like actually knows a mountain well and you can just follow them. Mm. Last question. Yeah. What is more elite? Okay. Friday beers or weekend energy? Weekend energy. Nice. Because yeah. Weekend energy. Nice. Sure. If you if anyone listening to this needs some weekend energy, you need to go to YouTube, you need to pull up the video of the hooligans covering Madly, Truly, Lovely, Deeply or something like that by Savage Garden. Oh, okay. No, Shan, I'll send it to you after. It's for the lads and it will, I'll run through a wall right now if I hear that. These <laughs> sheetrock walls will not be able to contain me. Truly, Madly, Deeply, Savage Garden covered by the hooligans. Wow, <laughs> wow. I miss like Parisi being able to be there for Thursdays and having dodgeball and getting ready for a weekend energy and yelling at the kids. Oh, for the just big energy, big weekend energy. Yeah. You know, Friday beers are good. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a big Friday yeah. beers guy. Um, shout out Frost Beer Works in Hinesburg, but you may have just been replaced post Corona. Um, but you know, whatever, but weekend vibes are great too. You know, weekend vibes are awesome. Shannon Bouvier. Congratulations on making it through hopefully the first of many three things podcast episodes. Yeah, let's do that. This was awesome. Thank you for we'll, having we'll me. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Okay, great. Maybe the next one will be in person. I have two microphones, so maybe the next oh, one will be in person. That's cool too. Nice.